Hi, friends. Hi, listeners. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I'm really excited that today, as we continue to face fears and anxieties during this global pandemic and hard time, that I have an amazing guest named Adina, whose life work focuses on asking questions and being productively curious. And so we're going to focus on a question, what can this time give birth to for us? It may sound like a hard question, a challenging question, or maybe one that really grabs you and resonates with you. So however that strikes you, whatever you're feeling in this moment, I invite you to just open your heart, open your mind, take a listen. Adina has so much wisdom to share. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to have Adina here on the Five Questions podcast. Adina, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling in right now from Mount Airy, right in the northwest suburbs or northwest direction from Philadelphia. Wonderful. And Adina, I like to start my podcast with this deep and probing question. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> it actually is a deep question. If you know the family I come from where the ice cream is so central to our mm -hmm. happiness. So <laughs> favorite ice cream flavor is easy. It's moose tracks. Although some people have come up with their own version of it, which is the vanilla ice cream with a little, little tiny mini peanut butter cups in it and a thread of chocolate fudge swirl throughout. That's the favorite. Okay, that's incredible. And I want to tell you that I also come from a family where ice cream is important. And so um, a Moose Tracks is a favorite. That is great, Adina. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here on this uh, day. You know, I'll be sharing this in the middle of April when um, folks all over the world are, are living in quarantine. And so I think these questions, especially resonate because it's it's so easy to get down or to get caught in our fear and i want to begin by asking you what are you thankful for today so gabby it's really interesting the thing i feel most thankful for especially in this moment is really breath um mm -hmm. and i just want to say a few words about that but i mean just we're in the middle of this pandemic that impacts the lung. And so every day, just the fact that I'm awake and breathing and have access to breath, that's yes. the first piece, right? Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because it's this thankfulness, it's the breath that keeps us alive. It's the one thing we don't have to typically think about at all during the day. It, but it's the very thing that's keeping us alive. If we stopped breathing, we wouldn't be alive anymore. And I think it's a moment to be really grateful for this process that we normally don't bring a lot of attention to. And I'm also grateful for it because for me, in terms of what keeps me centered is 
focusing in on the breath, that it's the thing that when a social media reel or a conversation can send me off in other directions, as I think it does many of us. Yes. Though when I need to come back, it's the one thing that's always there that brings back to presence. And I have to share this because I was um, recently in a friend's yoga studio. And she had, among all of the other beautiful things, she had kind of creating a wonderful vibe in her yoga studio. She had this piece. It was like a, a lucite rectangle. It said, just breathe at the top. And then it had um, like a, it almost looked like it was carved or inscribed in it. This visual that looked both like a tree with two branches with many smaller branches coming off of it. You could have seen a tree and you could have seen the lungs. In it. Mm. it was gorgeous, right? And it had a little remote control that enabled you to change the colors. So you could make it whatever, you know, a green or a blue or a pink or an orange. And then the just breathe and this inscribed image would just light up. Oh my goodness, I can imagine it. And that play between a tree, right? Which, of course, the trees are helping us to breathe. And the lungs and the way you captured that process of breathing as both something that we don't have to give a lot of conscious thought to. Our lungs and that process is keeping us alive all the time. But also when we do, when we turn to really notice our breath and take a deep breath, what a gift that is in grounding us. Right. And so if, you know, in response to your question, what am I thankful for? It is yeah. that breath. And it's something I would say, it's a great mindfulness practice in this time, right? It's to take time every day to pay attention to our breath, to feel grateful for it. And for me, it's one of the first things that arises every single day. That's so lovely, Adina, and it's something that we we all can tune into. I want to share with you, since you brought that up as a blessing for this time, for those of us who are parents and who have kids at home who are feeling anxious and maybe haven't done like a meditative type of breathing before, a friend of mine shared a nice way to teach kids to take a deep breath is to imagine holding a bowl of soup. And when you breathe in through your nose, you're smelling that soup. So imagine mm. it's a bowl of, you know, your favorite tomato soup or chicken soup or whatever you love. And you're taking that with, and then you can exhale through your mouth, cooling the soup. Mm. So for kids, just, you know, like a way to make that really accessible. So thank you, Adina, for starting out with the breath. And my next question, you, you spoke about something beautiful. You spoke about that lucite rectangle and um, the image on it. And I'm wondering if there's something else during this past week you've noticed that's resonated as beautiful with you. Absolutely. There's a couple things that I wanted to, that come to mind when I think about beautiful things that I've noticed is, you know, one is I think a lot more of us are walking outside and I will say that much of this time up until now, I have not been in my quarantine and or my stay at home practice in Philadelphia. I've been actually out in Erie on the other side of Pennsylvania and walking around neighborhoods that were new to me as many more of us are spending time walking around outside. 
And one of the beautiful things was just to watch families. At times, there would not normally be times that families would be out and playing together or out and just walking. And, you know, in every difficult moment, there's always the blessings. And so one of the beauties was just to see parents who suddenly had more time to be playing with their kids and laughing and, you know, running after them and lifting them up over their head and all these kinds of things or families where two parents were walking together with strollers where it might normally have been one parent, things like that. So one of the beautiful things in noticing was just some of the unplanned family interaction time that just was filled with so much energy and laughter. I've been noticing that too. We've been getting out for walks every day. I have a yellow lab who loves to walk and it is, it is so cool that like middle of the afternoon when kids would be at school and parents would be at work. And I, I, I can picture that and I have the feeling listeners can too. It is really beautiful. The other thing I wanted to mention here is one of the things that I subscribe to um, is something called the Good News Network, GNN, Good News Network, because our idea of what news is, right, it tends to be mm. what a big outlet that has called themselves a news outlet gets to place in front of us as news. And I've had many conversations over the years with people that it's not that this is the news. This is this is just the news that somebody has curated and decided to place in front of us. And if I were curating the news, well, what about the just myriad of beautiful and wonderful things that are happening out there mm -hmm. every single day? And that's what I want in my inbox, right? That's what I want as my primary news outlet, because I know that all of it may be happening, but what do I want to feed? my inbox. And so I subscribe to the Good News Network. And, you know, some of the things that have been that have come out of there that have been shared is while our traditional news outlets can share stories of like greed or people who are not stepping up to the plate or people who might be saying and doing things that are running counter to helping all of humanity here. The Good News Network has the stories of sharing of beautiful things, whether it was, you know, China and Japan producing masks that have poetry on it, sending it off to countries like there was one with Italian poetry going to the healthcare workers. And oh my Italy. gosh. Oh my goodness. And, you know, the the rituals in Italy of people standing in their window tops, just singing their national anthem or just finding ways to connect even from the places that they are. That just gives me chills when I read about it. You know, two young men in Maryland who are getting up every day to go around to their more elderly neighbors to do the shopping for them and deliver when supermarkets are out of capacity to do that. And that there's just so much goodness that's coming out in this. And sometimes it requires a really intentional practice to say, I want to consume the good. But there's so much beauty that's happening out there. And um, I, that's how I one of the ways I've been taking that in is by reading my Good News Network subscription every morning. I so appreciate you sharing that amazing resource, Adina, and I will put that link in the show notes so people can find it easily. Thank you so much. Adina, is there something 
that you're doing that's helping you to feel grounded during quarantine? You mentioned you're, you're, you know, noticing your breath and using a breathing practice. I'm wondering if there's anything else you're doing. Yeah, for me, I have found I'm not somebody who typically is very good at following routines and structures. I'm one of these things mm-hmm. who likes to be the counter routine or structure mm-hmm, person mm-hmm. and, to, you know, find the alternative. And yet I'm finding that in this time, it calls for a new normal, right? It calls for a different way of thinking about things and that actually going more toward a structure and a schedule has been really helpful. So for me, because both because I want to support the the studios, like the exercise and yoga studios that I work out with. And mm-hmm. because it's really helpful to me is that I work out with one studio in the morning to start my day. And then I work out and do a yoga practice with one of my other studios in the evening. And I sandwich my work things because I don't have young children at home right now. But I sandwich, you know, my work things in between that. And what's beautiful is that it creates like a start and it creates a finish so that my mm. work doesn't bleed over into the entirety of my life and my day, which it could. <laughs> well, I think so many people are struggling with that, Adina. I, I appreciate you pointing that out, that even though we're working remotely and working from home and have access to our email all, all the time, that we can set some boundaries around that. And that boundary you're describing with your your exercise routine it sounds wonderful and I also like I hear that you're doing it and you found community even during this time too right I think it's really important one is it because I have tons of exercise videos and I could be doing that yeah. I think it's two things it's one is seeing the people that I would normally see and working out with them and it's also honestly like really aware of supporting these small businesses that I rely on Mm -hmm. all throughout my life that I want them to still exist. In fact, I have one studio that I had an unlimited package with and I decided to just keep start paying them on a monthly basis Mm -hmm. the more because I know that I want them to still be there on the other side. Yeah. And a respect for the people who, um, who play such an important role in our lives, whose work can't just, you know, that is subscription based or lesson based. For example, my daughter takes piano lessons from this amazing teacher. Actually, I'll give him a shout out, James at Montco Music. She's been taking with him uh, since he, she was in third grade. And I'm so grateful that he quickly made the opportunity for her to keep studying piano through FaceTime. It's wonderful. And so, you know, of course, we want to keep supporting folks whose work is so important to us. Absolutely. And I will also say, you know, my, as you know, my entire theme about my business and things like that is curiosity. But for me, I do find questions really grounding. In fact, even you're sending me the questions that would shape this interview, this podcast. Mm -hmm was very grounding because of this this understanding that I have is that the questions that we ask drive the direction, right? The questions Mm. drive the direction that our thoughts go, that our mind goes. And so in a time like this, 
if we drive the question, how do I keep my life as normal as possible? Or how do I keep doing what I've always been doing? We're going to come up against a lot of frustration mm. or, and we're going to come up feeling this sense of struggle and be reminded regularly about the lack of control that we have in the current situation, right? Yeah. Instead, if we ask ourselves a question that says, what can this time give birth to mm. if the structure of my life did not make room for before? Uh-huh. Suddenly we're taken in a whole new direction and one yes. that can be much more productive. I know, Adina. I have to be honest with you. I was <laughs> I was writing a blog about this and I shared it last week. I'll put it in the show notes about how, you know, I've been kind of like really embracing and appreciating the time for some of my practices for, you know, I'm doing a whole lot more writing right now, for example. And I almost felt guilty for a moment that I was, it seemed like so many people are angry about their routines being shaken up. And I was like, I'm kind of enjoying this. <laughs> You know? but, but it's because like the question, and I'm a big believer that because the mind itself is a story making and a meaning making machine. I mean, the mind doesn't yeah. really have thoughts of its own. It takes in input and it has input from the past and it, you know, is constantly turning them together and making meaning from it is that it will make meaning in whatever direction we point it and that the mind is always seeking to answer some question. It's just mm -hmm. that the question that it's seeking to answer at any given time might be happening subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Mm, thank you. And, and so yeah. we could subconsciously be saying, well, how do I keep doing what I've been doing, even though we haven't verbalized it and therefore yes. keeping ourselves in a place of struggle. And that's where making conscious a new question to frame things can really steer things in another direction and be much more grounding. Um, but we're always, our mind is always producing an answer to a question. We just have to bring some consciousness to which one, <laughs> what, what, what yes. is the question it's working on. And I love the way you framed when I asked you about something beautiful you noticed and you said, well, one blessing I see in this time. And so I can hear that you're already asking yourself in a conscious way, what, what are the blessings in this time? And what if we, in this, um, week when this podcast launches, if folks who are listening, just maybe stay with that question. What's, what's a blessing I see today to notice that? Absolutely. Yeah. Adina, I'm, I'm uh, amazed at the flow of my questions and how they work with your, your answers that you've shared already. But I wanted to also focus on springtime because all of this is happening while it's spring and you talked about being outside and walking around and noticing the people outdoors. And I think for me, I'm really just enjoying the way, you know, every day I go out seeing different daffodils and tulips and cherry blossom trees coming into themselves. And so I'm also thinking about spring as our own time of awakening. And I'm wondering if there's something that you're hoping, hoping to awaken within yourself this spring. It's interesting, Gabby, the thing that's been arising, and certainly I could name many of the beautiful things that are happening in nature, and yeah. I'm appreciative of the things that you've just mentioned. What the What's happening in nature is inspiring in me, and I've been feeling this a lot during my own meditations, is the awareness of how much as a culture we've are a consumer culture versus a creative or a creator or maker culture. 
And so much of our lives are dependent upon whether it's consuming information or consuming and buying things or consuming services and all those kinds of things of which, you know, I participate in all of that too. And I sat and I looked and I look, especially at some of my maker friends and creator friends, you know, and I, even just the things that you're describing and my friends who are artists who are home working in their studios, I'm realizing that while I have many beautiful practices, um, there's been this urge inside that feels like it's trying to wake awaken, which is mm-hmm. to what's the maker part of me? What's the creator part of me mm-hmm. that is not of an intellectual nature, but of a very mm-hmm. physical and tactile nature? And really trying to think, where does that gain some expression? So for me, that feels like the awakening piece that's happening this spring. That's so cool. And I think, again, just noticing with how we frame our time, right? That, you know, you have your workout and exercise routines. I hear that, you know, you have a really important meditation practice. You work really hard. And what would it mean to take you know, maybe 20 or 30 minutes a day or a couple times a week to use this time to explore something. Um, and that's really exciting just to have that curiosity, Adina, and say like, you know, do I want to knit? Do I want to sculpt? Do I want to draw? What, you know, cause I hear it's like something in your body. Do I want to dance? You know, who knows? And to use this time. So that's uh, also something super inspiring for our listeners to consider. I have to tell you, my daughter and I have a, we're going to do a mosaic project over the next couple of weeks. We had a beautiful tree in our front yard that had to be taken down. And so the stump is there and we've been puzzling all winter about how to honor the tree and what to do with the stump. So I've never mosaiced anything in my life, but it feels like it's just going to be, um, I hear that urge to just get outside and explore a bit. Yeah, I want to, I'll just share something since you shared that project. I I don't know if this will be the thing, but it was something that came up even in my meditation today. And I know that a number of your listeners are familiar with the Jewish faith and might be familiar Mm -hmm. with the time of the Omer, which we'll soon be heading into, right? (laughs) Like, like literally we will be, you know, we are starting it now, you know, these days of practice and um, a friend who remember one year who was a painter and she took made a painting to match each day of the Omer and so these beautiful cards and what arose for me because I'm also in a yoga teacher training program right now is that I know that upstairs I have lots of these strips of yarn that we used to use for like hook rugs right these like short that are like three inch long or something pieces of yarn and this just kind of the, whether it was decks of cards or some kind of poster or some sort of creation of using these strings of yarn to create the different yoga poses and the different asana poses and just sort of bubbled up. And again, without knowing what it would be or how it would be, it was just something that felt like, wow, that feels like a way to merge and blend, but something that physical and tactile. So that was sort of something that bubbled up today. That sounds awesome. That is so, and also for, for listeners who don't know what the Omer is, I will put a link to that in the show notes because it is a very special sacred time that everyone could tap into. Adina, what is a hope that you're carrying for the world? You know, I hope that 
my, my hope that I'm trying for the world is that in my language is that we'll emerge on the other side of this, that we'll evolve and as a humanity and becoming more productively curious that we won't just revert back and say, oh, okay, now that this is done, let's try to keep doing what we did before in exactly the way we did it. But we will really anchor in getting curious, curious about, you know, what is the ingenuity that, you know, is emerging and can emerge that can redefine new norms for each of us personally, for us economically and societally, or, you know, how can this focus us on our interconnectedness as a human species in different ways and reveal how we could live together more peacefully, more productively? You know, how can we learn from the earth? And I mean, I one of the things I'm really tuning into is the healing that's happening for the earth in this yeah. time. And as I say to people, this is a human crisis for sure. But from yeah. an environmental perspective, this is the healing moment. Yes. And, you know, and how I, could we learn, figure out how to blend those two things rather than have them be at odds with each other? Absolutely. Thinking of this time again, um, how we consider it and to imagining that there's going to be transformation and that um, that is a beautiful hope that I think many of us are carrying. And Adina, I want to ask you one more question because um, I'm going to link in the show notes to your really cool card decks you've created um, that folks can check out. There are three of them. Um, one focus on love, one on live, one on lead. And they are beautifully designed decks of cards that have these questions that you could ask yourself in a contemplative way. So you don't even have to come up with the questions. You could check out Adina's cards and then, you know, take turns. Pick. I, I'm the kind of person, I have different kinds of decks like this. I might just pick one out and use that question to guide me. So I really like this question for today. So I'm going to ask you if joyful imperfection rather than unforgiving perfection were the new ideal, what would I feel free to do or try? And I love that you picked out that question right now for all of us living in this time when exactly the ways we're used to doing things um, are being turned on their head. And it does move us to really consider this question. And the joyful imperfection, it really does push me is what I talked about in terms of this creative art project. I, there's so much that I love about being a maker. And yet I've always reserved it or expressed it most fluent, fluently in the writing space or in the speaking space, things that have to do with words rather than images. And as I described this project, this desire to make something is that it would really require me to say, let's go for joyful imperfection, something that like you have no idea whether it doesn't need to be for anything or anybody. It's just the experience of doing and that it would give me permission to literally go upstairs, pull down that box of <laughs> little yarn strips and start putting them together without a care. And just because it's fun and just because I would be opening myself to explore fully and with no inhibition what could emerge when I do. 
And I think that would be my prayer for myself is that I would let that question that you just asked combined with the inspiration from the meditation to just flow. And that sometime soon I'll be taking a picture of an in-process piece and sending it off to you and saying, yes, like this is, I I allowed myself that moment of joyful imperfection to be able to explore. Oh, it it sounds incredible, right? Like just being in the process and that unleashing of joy and, and the permission to have joy. Um, Adina, this is beautiful. And I think you shared so many cool things that will resonate with our listeners. So I am grateful to you for coming and sharing your wisdom. And I am wishing you a just a healthy, joyful time full of so many blessings. Well, thank you, Gabby. And it was such a privilege to be here to have this conversation with you, somebody who I have admired in all of your incredible Aww. courageous curiosity, because you do, you live a life of <laughs> courageous curiosity and all of the ways that you engage with making and just saying, I have a little bit of interest here. Let me go try this or let me go write yep. that or let me go explore in this way. And you are one of the most consistently and persistently <laughs> courageously curious people I know. Oh, thank you, Adina. I really appreciate that. I think, um, you know, just to say for anyone who feels like they were outside of a box, you know, I, when I was a kid, you know, the, the way you're describing me, that, that's not exactly the kid who's like praised in school, you know what I mean, or who gets straight A's. Um, so it's really nice to be in adulthood and, and get to be this way, which is how I'm tuned in. So thank you. Beautiful. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Thank you.